Hey everyone, welcome to an episode of Running Through My Veins podcast. I am your host, Travis Fenness. If you are new to Running Through My Veins, I welcome you. Um, it's glad to have new listeners. If you're someone that has listened to us before, I welcome you back. Um, just as a note, if you want to go back and listen to all our, all our episodes to hear my backstory on and some of the things I've gone on in my life, please check those out. Um, that help you gain some context into um, some of the new newer episodes that are coming out. Um, today on the episode, we have my cousin-in-law, Britt Reed. Um, he is a lieutenant colonel in the Army. Um, he flies helicopters, and um, he's currently stationed in Eagle, Colorado, and he states that um, in the podcast. Um, he's got a cool family um my cousin pam and his two children kyra and cameron um yeah it was really fun to just sit down with Britt and just uh kind of banter back and forth and talk and uh as i explained in the in the podcast in the actual episode that um Britt's been in the family for 10 years but we really haven't sat down and talked face to face um hear his life story um, so that was that was really fun to to do that. Um, I really encourage you to go check out his YouTube channel. Uh, it's called Fire and Froth. On that channel, he uh, shows you his brew, uh, how he brews beer, and that and all that process, and the, uh, just the different recipes that he cooks on on his many smokers and on his Blackstone. Um, it's all cool stuff. It's food-based, beer-based, and um, it's really fun to watch. So please go watch that. I want to see an influx of people viewing that. That would really be cool to support him as well. Um, I'm saying um a lot in this intro. I do say it a lot in the podcast too. That's one thing that I'm working on. So, oh, another thing that I wanted to mention is if you do enjoy the podcast, um, please rate and review. That'd be awesome if you could do that. That helps get the podcast out there. Um, I'm not doing it for monetary gain. I'm not doing it to uh, gain any money or become rich off a podcast. That's not why I'm doing this. Um, I want to truly help people. And if you rating and reviewing this podcast helps get that out to people. Um, that's a great way to do that, and I would really appreciate that. So, without further ado, here is Britt Reed. Well, Britt, I want to welcome you to the Running Through My Veins podcast. Um, second time I've had someone in person interview, so this is going to be fun and interesting. Um, I don't know really how what to call you. Like, are you my cousin in law? Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's is a good that way the to do is it. that correct term? Yeah, you're married to my cousin, so cousin in law. I guess that's how maybe some people call it. I don't know. Yeah, we're family. We're family now. Um, yeah, so we we discussed having you on a while ago, and it just turned out that this weekend slash week worked to have you on, and I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to hear hear what we all have to talk about. Um, you were here this weekend for a family wedding, right? Yeah, we came back for the wedding. You know, we always look for little opportunities to get back here. I, I have a great time. 
hanging out with this side of the family and uh and it's so nice to be so close i mean yeah. really yeah the 12 hour car ride with two small <laughs> kids is tough but uh but yeah you know days drive yep. small sacrifice how that how that go the uh, car was, ride well i uh, you know my daughter did great this time and my son did incrementally better <laughs> i mean he last time we drove out here he cried the whole way oh no so this time i'd say only about two-thirds of the journey he cried sure and pam figured out towards the end that if she rubbed his feet he wouldn't cry interesting and uh so she has got a separated shoulder now oh really and, uh tennis elbow <laughs> and whatnot from having her arm twisted backwards yep. now nah, she's she's doing okay but that's good we're not looking forward to the drive back yeah we we went uh, a couple weeks ago we went to cincinnati and that's it's supposed to be 12 hours total well we stopped at mitchell and leah's on the way there in cedar falls and then the next day we took off from cincinnati from there so that's only supposed to be an eight hour drive yeah well with the two little ones it took 12 hours huh. restroom stops and other little car problems here and there so oh yeah i feel your pain yeah so to get started um you know i've known you now i guess it's been you've been married eight years uh coming so, up on 10 coming up on 10 10 in march 10 in march okay yep yeah. and i've talked to you here and there and family gatherings but i really haven't heard your whole life story up until this point okay and I thought, yeah, you'd be a good one to have on. Um, you've always encouraged me with my podcast and with, yeah. That's so I just wanted to talk to you and have a conversation with you. Okay, well, So cool. to get started, where were you born? Talk about your childhood, things like that. Okay. Uh, I was born in Tampa, Florida. Um, I'm the oldest of three boys. Uh, Mom and dad were, I mean, they're still around. They're doing great. Uh, love them to death. They they really they sacrificed a lot just to try to give us what they thought was a good mm -hmm. good childhood. You know, put us put us through. Well, I grew up Catholic, and uh, they. It's funny we went to a Episcopal school growing up, so okay. it's kind of we got the Catholic light side, mm -hmm. and then we got the Catholic side on the weekends, but. Uh, but yeah, I, I had a good childhood, nothing, you know, I don't remember, I mean, we were middle class, mm -hmm. don't remember really needing anything. I mean, we weren't going out and going on elaborate vacations every mm -hmm. year. Every every once in a while, we'd go up to the mountains and go hang out in North Carolina sure. with the family. But, um, but you know, they, they just tried to tried to raise us the way they, they thought was right there. Mm -hmm. I, th I think they were like, if... As long as these three guys aren't in jail, <laughs> then uh, we probably did okay. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, my dad was and 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 he is. He's he's an honorable man. Uh, really, you know, thought your word was your honor and your deeds. You know, mm -hmm. your better your deeds better match your word. And yep. uh, just uh, I mean, like his his father, mm -hmm. and just just two great men that I had. Unfortunately, my grandpa died when I was, I mean, pretty young. Sure. 
but I, I still, I remember him and, uh, but it, it was great to have those guys in my life as role models. Did you, uh, play any sports in high school? Uh, I did. You did? I, uh, not a whole lot. I, <laughs> I, uh, I was a pole vaulter. Really? Yeah. I, so I ran track, I did pole vault and, uh, I wasn't particularly good at it, but I was good enough that I could go out and I could do the meets and every once in a while I'd, I'd pull something, <laughs> you know, pull something out and have a good yeah. jump. But, uh, but yeah, I did pole vault and that was, that was really the only sport I played in high school or did in high school. I, I had a friend, uh, from Pittsburgh that transferred down, ended up going to high school with me and he played lacrosse. Mm. And so he got me into that. I started playing lacrosse or I, I at least got some stick skills and I figured out how to do yep. that. And, uh, which is kind of unusual for somebody from Florida and, uh, ended up using that later, later on in life in college, Montana, I got to play a little lacrosse and again, wasn't particularly good at it, but I, I, I could go out and I could do face-offs and I could do really well at that. That's cool. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of growing up. I went to, uh, I went to a Jesuit high school, all guys, Catholic high school where, um, you know, it, it was great. I mean, I've got some, uh, some lifelong friends from it. Um, some, some teachers that really, I mean, to this day, mean mean the world to me. Cool. And uh, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, I had this one. I had this English teacher, and I hope I'm not rambling on too no, much. You're but fine. I had this. I had this English teacher, uh, Bob Weiner, who I I remember I was gonna I was I had to you know one of the quizzes with that we had. I knew it was going to be on the fireside poets. And uh, I, for some reason, couldn't remember them. And so I'm going to write their initials on my belt and I'm going to cheat. And I felt so bad about cheating or potentially cheating yeah. on this test and or this quiz in uh, Coach Wiener's class that I, I didn't do it. But to this day, I remember their names. It's Longfellow, Whittier, Lowell, and Holmes. They're the four fireside poets. If you're interested in looking them up, yeah, but that's uh, cool. But yeah, great, great people there. Awesome. Did so growing up Catholic. Did you have a pretty strong faith then, um, or did you just kind of go through the motions? Uh, I, I think I, I think I really just kind of went through the motions. Sure. On that, I, I did all the things that I had to do. I went to, you know, we got CCD yeah. uh, for the for the guys that the guys and girls that don't go to. Uh, Catholic school, it's, it's basically all the classes you've got to take to, to, to run through the sacraments. Sure. Uh, you got to do that on the weekend. So I did CCD with my brothers and, you know, went, went through everything and ended up getting confirmed when I was in high school and, and cool. I was a success, yep. I guess, and yep. moved on to the next stage. Uh, so- so right after high school, did you go into college? Uh, I did. You did. I uh, I went to Western Carolina University and um, went there for a year. 
really felt like I needed some discipline. I wasn't doing real well in college. Okay. I wasn't doing bad, but I wasn't doing great. Uh, and so I decided to join the Guard. I had a bunch of friends that were in the Guard and uh, in the Army National Guard, and they convinced me that, hey, it's a good thing. If later on in life you want to you be an officer, you want to go to flight school or whatever, uh, being an enlisted man in the Guard will help you out. And uh, it made sense to me, and I talked to a recruiter, and they convinced me that it'd be great, and uh, they gave me, that reminds me of another funny story. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk about it later, okay. but now nah, you know what, I'll, I'll say it yeah, really quick. go for it. And go you can it. cut it out later. No, if, go for it. So the first recruiter that I went into and I talked to was an uh, infantry recruiter and, um, in North Carolina, and I told him that I wanted to be an infantryman. And he said, son, let me look at your hands. And so I showed him my hands and uh, he shook his head. And he's like, if I'm not mistaken, I believe those are fine culinary hands. <laughs> How would you like to be our cook? And so I walked out of there. I didn't, didn't sign up in that unit. And I found, uh, I found a unit in Tennessee that talked me into being a, a cavalry scout. And I thought I'd be riding dune buggies and motorcycles and doing all sorts of cool stuff like that. Yeah. And it wasn't quite like that, but it was still, it was pretty cool stuff. And I, I enjoyed it a lot. Learned a bunch. That's cool. Um, did you, so went into the guard. How did you transition into, cause you flew helicopters, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I actually, I, w I went back to school and I figured out it wasn't me. Uh, the school was terrible <laughs> and, uh, I ended up, I transferred out to university of Montana, went to school out there, did ROTC in college okay. out there. And when I graduated from school, I, I became a second Lieutenant and, uh, I'd done well in school and done well in all the little ROTC things that you need to do mm -hmm. in order to get selected for flight school. And I took off to... Fort Rucker, Alabama, to go to go to flight school for active duty army, and uh, yeah, went down to flight school. Got uh, I was selected to fly Kiowa Warriors, which are they're no longer in the army inventory, but they were a cool little two man or two person helicopter, okay. uh, armed reconnaissance. Had a rocket pod or a missile pod or missiles on one side and a 50 cal on the other, and you generally flew without the doors on, and you were the pretty much the eyes and ears of the ground force commander. Okay, you were out there. Uh, the mission kind of changed a little bit in, um, like I, I served in Iraq, and and uh, the mission there was you were you were the guys that were on call for. Uh, if there were troops in contact, you'd get the call. You'd talk to the troops that were in contact, and, and you would provide fires for them to uh, help them, you know, get out of the situation mm -hmm. that they're in. And, uh, it definitely a, a really rewarding mission. Uh, you were – it was nice to – I mean, everybody I flew with would do everything they could for the people on the ground. Mm. And, uh, you know, I mean, those were, 
those were the guys that mattered. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, they would, the, the people that I worked with would, if they were completely, we call it Winchester. If you're out of ammo, out of rockets, out of 50 cal, out of missiles, uh, they would engage enemy with their M4, their rifle out the, out really? the door of the, the aircraft just to do anything they could to help save those lives on the ground. So, so in uh, that Kiowa, yeah, is the because I've seen and I've heard other on other podcasts about helicopter pilots. Is the pilot in the front seat or in the? Uh, they actually seat? the the two pilot. There were two pilots and they sat side, side by, by side. And uh, it, in fact, they were so close together that oftentimes, you know, we had Velcro on the sides of our uniform. Oftentimes, the Velcro would get connected to the guy next year or the girl next year. And uh, I mean, it, it was definitely it was a tight little aircraft. You felt like when you when you climbed in there and put on, you know, you had your body armor. And when you put on the seatbelt and strapped in, I mean, you really you felt like you were kind of putting the helicopter on you. Sure. So you what year did you go to what flight school? What year? Uh, I went there in 97. 97. May of 97. So how big of an impact did uh, 9-11 have on you then? Because you're already in service yeah. then. Yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was a really big impact. Uh, I, had, I had previously I'd, I'd been overseas doing a Bosnia rotation. And, um, you know, I kind of thought it was, it was just all... I thought my career was going to be all, um, I won't say fun and games, but uh, yeah, I, I really, I didn't, we'd been at peace for so long yep. that I didn't think that, uh, oh man, this is serious. And um, I had, 9-11 was actually, a, a month prior I'd had my shoulder scoped and uh on September 11th, that was my first day back up flying. Really? And I was going out doing, um, we had some training that we had to do called FADEC uh, training, which is, we don't need to get into it. <laughs> but uh, I was out with with one of my guys, uh, one of the guys in my platoon, and we were doing the FADEC training. And uh, I had just gotten back to the ramp and swapped out. And the next guy got in the aircraft to go out and do his training when uh when we got the word what was happening and everybody turned on their tvs at the you know at the at the hangar and we Mm -hmm. saw what was going on and we realized hey you know we we were the mountain post i was stationed out at fort carson and we're like oh you know we need to we need to start getting our stuff together and i mean from day one we were you know getting on a war footing as far as hey we want to do everything we can to um You know, we we just we want to be a part of this, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, from designing load plans and whatnot to get us to Afghanistan. To I mean, just it was it was definitely it was it was you know everybody was serious, everybody mm-hmm. was pissed, yep. and uh, I had. Um, you know, it's funny. I I got my shoulder scoped, and when they had scoped it, they 
they told me, oh yeah, you've got a torn labrum and um, we're going to have to fillet you back open later and it's you're going to be down for like a year rehabbing and whatnot. And uh, to this day, I still haven't gotten it fixed. So interesting. You know, I just, I didn't, I didn't want to, uh, and, and so many other people are the same yep. way. Yeah. I uh, just didn't, you know, like, well, it's good enough. Yep. You so wanted to I can get fly a helicopter. There. I can shoot, shoot a rifle. I can do whatever I need to yep. do. And, uh, so how many tours did you do then? Uh, I ended up, I just did two tours in Iraq. Two tours. Uh, the first tour wasn't flying Kiowas. So I ended up, uh, it's funny. I mean, it, it, it turned out, uh, much, much more interesting than I ever thought it could turn out. I, 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 I was stationed at Fort Bragg at the time and I got sent over to, uh, be an in, individual augmentee in Kuwait at the, uh, the, uh, the building where they had all the war planners yeah. and all the, you know, the, the guys that watched the TVs and, uh, told, you know, decided, I mean, general, general McKiernan, the guy that was the, uh, the big commander over the whole invasion was yep. there. And, uh, I was just a aviation planner there. Really? And, uh, so it, it was tough seeing my friends that were cycling through and coming in and getting ready to go out mm -hmm. and, uh, and you know go into combat it was tough seeing them coming through and me you know not not being there with them yep. maybe back back in this air-conditioned room or in my air-conditioned chew which is my containerized ho uh, housing unit and um so they you know we watch i watched the war the the opening of the war from uh from there from the first invasion then? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, April, May, uh, I ended up going up to, I went up to Baghdad to uh, to the, uh, it was C-Flick Forward, and then it turned into CJTF-7, Coalition Joint Task Force 7. Okay. Uh, and and then I got picked. They were looking for, looking for an aviator that could go off to Poland to help facilitate the polish deployment they the polish were going to deploy a bunch of uh bunch of aviators uh, a bunch of air crews and a bunch of uh ground troops mm. to participate i think it was about 25 or 2800 soldiers were going to participate and uh so i got to uh i got to leave baghdad flew to poland for about 45 days and helped them out it really i mean became just a, I mean, I fell in love with the Polish people. They were they were so good to me, and uh, and they were so. I mean, like Fourth of July, I went to this I went to this air show, and uh, it was down in a town called Tomaszew, which is south of, uh, I forget how far south. I don't know, an hour and a half south of Warsaw. Okay. And uh the guys were all the guys who were deploying, they were gonna do a pass and review of all the you know, the 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 troops and the helicopters gonna fly by and all this mm -hmm. stuff. And they um they started I was sitting in this dignitary box with all these heroes from from World War Two, Polish heroes from World War Two. 
and and these old old men would stand up they'd announce them and they'd stand up and they'd salute the troops and salute the crowd or wave to the crowd and and uh and then they they called me out and they said hey this is the american that's going with the the 25th cavalry brigade uh captain Britt reed and uh you know i stood up and saluted the troops and turned around and waved to the crowd and the crowd just went bonkers really it was so awesome and uh i mean not you know as an ego thing but afterwards i had all these families coming up to me and and grabbing me and wanting to take pictures with me just because you know i'm i'm the first american that they'd ever they'd ever met sure yeah and uh or really didn't know a whole lot of American soldiers. Always, you know, they always they told me, ah, you know, we were never, we were never with the Russians. You know, our heart was always with the Americans. Yep. So it That's was cool. It was cool, but yeah, it was a great. It was a really, uh, it was a good deployment with them. Uh, again, I was a little bit staff officer, a little bit flying with, uh, you know, flying. Polish helicopters in combat, sure. which was pretty pretty cool. Never thought yeah. I'd ever get to do that, and um, and just building relationships, you know, doing everything I can to make sure they've got everything they need to uh, function as a as a good part of the the coalition mm-hmm. team, and uh, definitely, I mean, really rewarding. A little little difficult when I when I say goodbye to them, mm-hmm. and I got shipped back to the states. And, and I, you know, I came back as, as an individual augmentee, so I, I wasn't coming back with a team and, and I didn't have that network and, yep. you know, it was early days of the war. We really didn't have, uh, you know, I, I won't say I had PTSD or anything like that, but, uh, but yeah, I had, I had some trouble. You sure. Know? Do you feel, um going over to Poland that that kind of helped your leadership ability having to help them with the coalition force? I, uh, I think it, I think it definitely made me, um, I think it's good for anybody to go over and, and work with a, you know, foreign ally and, uh, and try to really focus on, you know, Hey, I'm going to teach them all the blocking and tackling all the fundamentals Mm -hmm. and, and, I'm going to, as a junior leader, try to figure out what I think's most important for them to understand, sure. to, to be a part of our team. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I think it was great. Did you have um, bad leadership <laughs> during uh, your time? Uh, you mean not, not, not with them? But, not with them. But, but, but throughout my career? Yeah, did you... Have yeah, you seen I mean, there, there examples are, of there. There are people that I've worked with that, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to throw out names no, or anything. No, but no. Uh, you know, when my first troop commander that I ever had uh, just wasn't, uh, I think he just kind of went through the motions. Sure, and uh, I didn't learn as much as I should have from him. But the uh, the next guy that I had come in. Uh, was just, I mean, I learned so much from the guy, and I'm still, I need to call him up soon. I mean, we stay in touch, and uh, 
just you know message each other every once in a while but mm-hmm. uh, I definitely I need to call him up and go go visit him and his wife up sure. in Boston sometime yep. but uh, or have them out skiing in Colorado but uh, but yeah I learned I learned a ton from him I um, I was fortunate to later on uh, when I got off active duty I got in Tennessee guard well ended up in the Tennessee guard and I had a squadron commander there that uh, yeah just incredible uh, incredible man that uh, I mean to this day I, I do I do anything for him sure um, kind of backtracking can sure. you talk about uh, your second tour yeah so you got you got all Poland you came back home that transition period you said was you didn't have PTSD but sorry I'm backtracking even yeah more. that's all right but did you feel like a sense of um, longing to to actually contribute more. Yeah, uh, like you didn't do it enough. I seeing I, friends exactly, come back. Exactly. I um, couple things. I mean, one, I I decided I was going to transition out of the army and go do something else. At, at first, I thought I was going to go do the airlines, but the uh, the airlines were not doing great sure. at that time, and. Uh, I got back in the guard, and um, I was flying. Actually, this was now even before that. I, I got back in the guard, and I was doing that part time. But um, I, I really, I was, I was thinking that, you know, with the news and everything that was going on in the news, everything was doom and gloom mm-hmm. about Iraq, and um, everything I saw just made me just you know so negative and uh, I didn't see any of the positive that was going on and it's like man what am I doing just wasting my time here I need to maybe I need to get back in sure or find a deployment to volunteer for or something and um, I I ended up I got picked up to fly EMS for a hospital and so I kind of put all that on the back burner and I was like okay I'm gonna do the guard I'm gonna fly for this hospital and uh, it was a I guess a good mental diversion yeah but uh but yeah it was uh, a guy that I'll, I'll probably talk about later sure um, really really helped me out my best friend Cameron McDaniel he's actually uh I named my son after him uh he was when I was a, a lieutenant, he was an instructor pilot in my platoon and uh, just kind of brought me up mm. and uh, just a great, great mentor. When I got out or when I, yeah, when I was getting out of the Army, he was helping me out, set me up with a job in North Carolina. It got me in the North Carolina Guard and, and just was that friend that was around mm-hmm. that uh, – Made sure I had my head screwed on straight. Sure, and uh, and it, and he's also just a good guy to bounce stuff off of. Hey, what do you think about this? I got this going on in my life. What do you think? What should I do? What mm-hmm. would you do? Um, but yeah, great man. Cool. So. Um, you're still are you you're still in the guard, right? I am. I, I know that you are. I'm just yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm actually I'm I'm a I ended up. Much later, I became a full-time guardsman, 
and uh, I'm now, I'd say, the twilight of my career. Um, I'm stationed at a place called Hats, which is the, the high altitude Army National Guard aviation training site in Gypsum, Colorado. Oh, it's cool. uh, it's uh, a little bit about it, just real quick. Yep. We, we teach power management and mountain flying techniques uh, for helicopter air crews, primarily uh, DOD, all, all, the, all the services. We teach foreign military, and then we teach some of the other you know, special organizations that are out there. Uh, just, just how to kind of how to fly in the mountains and then, sure. uh, the limitations that they've got. Basically, uh, we, we tell them that anytime they're out there, we want them to do two, three things and it's, uh, understand how much power they've got, understand how much power a maneuver takes, like, uh, if they're going to land on a, on a mountaintop or if they're going to put one wheel down on a mountaintop or, or whatever. I mean, even, uh, combat maneuvering flight up up at altitude or in high, hot, heavy conditions, uh, and then make a decision. Uh, so we don't want them just to, oh, you know, yep. this is this is a bad situation. I'm just going to let the helicopter keep flying itself and and crash. It's it's make a decision. You know, hey, we can't do this. We need to change the mission, but. I think we can do it this way. And, and so we kind of, we give them all the tools and, and we don't teach them that there's a certain right answer. It's just giving them all the tools just to expand mm-hmm. their, expand their capabilities, expand their awareness of the uh, environment that they operate in and, um, and hopefully, hopefully save lives. So uh, what's your rank now? I'm a, I'm a Lieutenant Colonel. A Lieutenant Colonel. So what's the plan, Britt? Are you gonna stay uh, in until full bird? Uh, no, it's it's really <laughs> my my days are numbered. Yeah, uh, it's I I love where we live right now, uh, and and it would be hard to it would it'd be hard to pack up the family sure and, and move again. I mean, we've Pam and I have lived in we've been married ten years, and I think we've lived in. I think eight different houses. Maybe it's not that many, <laughs> but uh, but it's pretty close to that. We've moved a lot. Uh, we've had, I mean, great experiences everywhere we've lived, from mm-hmm. uh, even down in Alabama, chasing armadillos out of our backyard, or you know, living in Alexandria, Virginia. We lived in uh, Eagle River, Alaska, and now you know we live out in in uh, Eagle, Colorado, and uh, it's great. And with little kids, it's it's really it's a nice small town where sure. I think it'll be it'll be a lot of fun to to raise the kids. And I think they'll get a lot of a lot of cool experiences that maybe my parents wish they could have provided for for me or or, or yep. for my brothers. So we'll see. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> um, so yeah. I, I, when it's time to go, it's, it's time to go. Time to go. Yeah. Um, tell, tell, I want, I'm curious. You're, you got married later in life. I did. Um, I'm, I, cause I got married young. I, I, I was 20 when I got married. Yeah. Um, 
So I only know that end of the spectrum. What's what's it like being um, getting married later on in life? You have a lot more life experience. Um, you probably don't have to learn near as much about. I mean, it's as being married, you have to learn how to communicate. But yeah. um, you have a lot more life experience. Um, was that something you were looking for? Being married, something that just kind of happened. No, I, I was definitely at the, t you know, when we got married or when we started dating, mm -hmm. I, I was looking for it. Sure. And uh, Pam and I are actually, we met on eHarmony. Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't know <laughs> if you knew that. I, I think I did, but that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, we're uh, eHarmony success story. Cool. They haven't made a video yet about oh, us, darn. but uh, I don't know if they would. Not sponsored by the way, but yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we met on there and, um, yeah, I, I think you know, as a younger guy, I was maybe, and I don't know, Pam might disagree with me, <laughs> but, uh, maybe a lot more selfish sure. back then, especially with my time mm -hmm. and, um, I've got lots of hobbies and I try not to now I, you know, especially with kids, I try not to, you know, choose hobbies that I can be around yep. and, uh, I brew beer yep. and, uh, I can run back and forth between my basement and, and the upstairs or maybe take the kids in there and brew some beer with the kids. Yep. Uh, you know, not a lot of, I used to kayak a lot. And uh, my kayak is hanging up in the garage because, you know, I can't take the kids out and yep. do that or can't do it with Pam. Um, so, yeah, I think it's uh, just being a little bit older and being able to throttle back on that stuff and still, still find ways to, you know, get my own little, you know, my own little time. Mm -hmm. uh, but... But yeah, I guess I'm not not as selfish anymore with my time. Yeah, and I and I enjoy, you know, spending that time with my wife or spending that time mm -hmm. with my kids. And I I would rather do that than go out and do all this other yeah. stuff. And it, and especially, I mean, like, yeah, it, it's it's fun now. Like my daughter, she's four years old. And uh, during COVID, when we were all locked down, we had her out on the Strider bike and uh, we'd go on walks. I mean, my where I was at, we kind of worked a pretty interesting schedule out during the two months when we were completely locked mm -hmm. down. We were we were still working. We were working. Uh, uh, we do day on two days off. So we okay. we covered down, but we we worked seven days a week. So we had people, air crews that were ready to fly if the state needed us to fly. Uh, but, you know, when I was home, we'd do two walks a day, two good, long, I mean, three and a half, four mile walks. And she'd be on that strider learning how to do it. Yeah. And uh, I don't think, I mean, she might have had training wheels for like a couple of days and we took those darn things off. And uh, she was riding a bike in no time. And so it was cool. It's cool to take her out now. Mm -hmm. And we've got a, a BMX 
uh, track close to the house. Oh, that's cool. I mean, like a three quarters of a mile away. And so we'll take her out there when they're not racing and she'll get on her little, little teeny mountain bike and just get after it. And it's, it's cool to see, you know, it's cool to see your daughter, your kids pick up these, Mm -hmm. you know, these cool skills. And, uh, we're excited for this year. She's, she's finally going to get to go out, get on the mountain, go snowboarding. That's cool. And, uh, get in lessons and, uh, get after that she's been bugging us forever and, and every year we'd get her a season a season rental they had a they had a pretty good deal where you could get this i mean these little teeny tiny snowboards and i pull her all around the golf course and yeah and try to teach her little things and, and she she loves it i mean it's just a little a cool little game to mm-hmm. her and i think yeah we just keep it fun and it's seeing cool. and seeing that sense of accomplishment out of your kid is almost more rewarding than anything oh, that yeah. you have ever done, right? Oh, yeah. Like that Absolutely. sense of like, like the proud father moment is coming out of you, like, oh my kid learned how to do that. Like yeah. there's no better feeling to me anyway. Oh yeah, for than sure. Seeing that. For sure. I, I love seeing that. I love seeing them uh you know their confidence growing and uh and just that swagger that they yeah. get from doing cool stuff. Yep. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about too, um, and I just thought of it and I thought of it earlier before I sent you any of the questions, um, was when you were in Alaska, you went on a moose hunt. I kind of want to hear that story. Um, it's cause I'm a, I like, I just got into hunt whitetail hunting anyway, three years ago. Okay. Um, archery. Um, I haven't gotten one yet. Fingers crossed this year. I get one. That'd be great. I, I've, I've actually, I've got a stick bow that, one of my buddies built for me a long time ago. I haven't got anything with it, and my shoulder's so wrecked. Yep. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it, but yeah. maybe. Anyway. Yeah, so I, I saw that you went moose hunting when you were in Alaska. Um, what was that experience like? Uh, it was it was awesome. It was really cool. I, I actually I went out. When I got stationed there, I was going out to take a battalion command the assault helicopter battalion out okay. there and the outgoing commander and I got to be pretty good friends when I showed up and we started talking about hunting and he's like, Hey, you want to, I'm looking for somebody to go out on a, a float trip with me. And I'm like, yeah, heck yeah, I'll do it. And, um, so the plan was we we're going to float this wild Alaskan river called the Gulkana. And I think we were going for like, six days six or seven days yeah something like that you know figured out all the gear we needed packed everything up went out there i bought a spot tracker just so i could help him you know check in every night with that and say hey we made it to our campground (laughs) i never checked in in the morning uh you know i guess we could have gotten eaten by a bear at night and they'd never know but uh but it was it was awesome. Just a just a cool, um, just a cool trip. We we without getting into too crazy detail or edit out as much as you mm-hmm. want. But we're uh, you know the first day when we loaded up the raft, said goodbye to the car, and uh, started paddling down the Golcana. We we saw we camped, um, uh, and 
that was the last time we saw other people. I mean, for six days. And uh, the trip, I mean, it saw tons of wildlife the whole way down. Lots of, uh, lots of caribou. I mean, getting really close to our camps, uh, just getting close to us on the side of the river. Uh, tons of fishing. I mean, we we're fly fishing the whole way down. And, That's cool. Uh, um, yeah, it was just, it was cool. And it was good just to clear the head, mm-hmm. do that, look for this elusive moose. And uh, we, every once in a while, we'd, we'd pull the boat over and we'd, we'd hike in and we'd start calling like crazy and try to try to get somebody to, you know, come out and pay attention to us. Yep. And uh, saw a few moose. Uh, and then I want to say, I think the end of the third day, uh, we're coming around to bend and uh, just about, I'm looking at the GPS that I had and I'm like, hey, our camp is right across this bend on the, you know, the left side of the river. And on the right side of the river, just as we came across the bend, there was a little sandbar. There's a big moose sitting right on it. And we quickly pulled over, and uh, I, I scurried out of the boat. My buddy's like, hey, you're looking good. Just crawl <laughs> up there. And, uh, and, yeah, just got lucky. Got that moose. And, uh, and then the real hard work started. Yep. It was uh, sat down in mud after after I shot him, and uh, it was just a lot of work getting that animal broken down and packaged up so we could save all the meat. Yep. And uh, and then um, loaded him up in the boat. I mean, by now, I think it probably happened maybe four in the afternoon, four or five in the afternoon. By now, and the sun doesn't go down until late. I mean, it's still the beginning of September, so it's it's going to be late if the sun's down. Sure. And um, got him in the boat, paddled it across the river, set up our camp, hung the meat, uh, and then I'm talking to my buddy. We had, I think we took like a 12-pack of beer so we could each have one beer each night. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we're enjoying that one Miller High Life or whatever it <laughs> yeah. was. And uh, I'm, like, looking around, and I'm like, hey, what's the, you know, I'd never seen the Northern Lights before. And I'm like, what's it look like? And he started looking up, and he's like, you know what? I actually, I think we're going to see it. And sure enough, Northern Lights started doing their thing. That's cool. It was so cool. I mean, just a great, you know, great memory. Cool. First time I ever saw it was the day I, I shot my only moose. That's awesome. So yeah, it was cool. Saw saw a brown bear later on. Thought it was gonna get two guys in a boat. Didn't get us. But uh, <laughs> did just you exciting a, trip. Do you have any protection for for a bear then? Uh, I had a 44, 44, which I'm told wouldn't have done much. That the bear probably would have thrown it back at me. But yeah, uh, that strapped to your chest. Yeah, thing. yeah. I had one of chest those holster. chest rigs and. Uh, it wouldn't uh, probably wouldn't have done much, but it's a big bear. Cool. So you mentioned hobbies. Yeah. And I think how long was it ago that you started your uh, 
YouTube, YouTube channel. channel. Yeah. Uh, I actually, when I was out in Alaska, I started it. And uh, I started it. It's funny. We named it uh, Beer Drinkers yep. originally. Yep. And uh, we, we kind of, you know, I had a neighbor, his neighbor, Scott, who was, he's quite a character. Great, great guy. Uh, he'd always show up over at my house at the strangest times, you know, knocking on the door with a pint glass in his hand saying, <laughs> Hey man, you mind if I go out in the fridge and get, or go out in the garage and get a beer and sure enough. Okay. But, uh, we had some pretty good adventures together and, uh, he was like, Hey man, let's, let's start a channel. Let's start filming this stuff and, uh, putting it out there. And, uh, I'd had another friend who had given me it's funny, like before I went out to Alaska, he gave me an old MacBook Pro. He was a film student that happened to be a, an officer in the army as well. And <laughs> uh, and he's like, hey, you need to start shooting footage of building your brewery or doing this or doing that. And just get after it and start messing with it. Mm -hmm. Have fun with it. And um, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. I've got a MacBook Pro. I got a, I got a cheap camera. Uh, I can, I can figure this out yep. and, uh, and yeah, it was fun. It, it was really cool to do that. And, and it was nice, a nice way to kind of connect with the people around us, you know, the community around us, yep. but then also you know, family back home where, you know, maybe they'd watch it. Maybe they wouldn't. Oh, I watched every single one. I still <laughs> do. Uh, your dry sense of humor in your videos is hilarious. Um, I, I, Still remember your uh, your rip one of your rib videos where Pam works well. Oh, <laughs> it's a little jab at your wife and oh, yeah. and the and the spray. <laughs> so I have cooked and I've cooked a lot of the recipes that that you've put out there too. So cool, man. Yeah, I enjoy I enjoy smoking meat as well. Um, that's one of the big things that you do on there. Um, you do show you brewing your beer. Um. Do you have any more plans to do more? Yeah. Yeah. We actually, you know, you just got me thinking of when you're talking about, ah, oh, yeah, I like smoking meat. Yep. Uh, Pam just showed me this meme today that she got from one of our good friends that said, when your husband turns 35, they either get dedicate all their time to World War II history, <laughs> military history, or smoking meat. Yep. And yeah, sure enough. Uh, yeah, we're we're definitely it's it's a little while ago I kind of rebranded, changed the name yep. uh to Fire and Froth primarily because the name just didn't quite fit the brand. Sure. We're not yep. sitting around drinking beer all the time. Yep. I mean, we'll have have some here and there, but it's really about really about cooking and brewing. Yep. And uh so we rebranded now I'm really focusing on trying to tell better stories, uh, stories that are more engaging sure. and uh, entertaining, and also given the how-to yep. as far as how to how to cook a great meal or, or brew a great beer. But it's since I started doing that, it's been it's been even more fun for me. That's cool. I mean, just coming up with those different ideas and different uh, different shots. Yeah, it gets the stuff like creative that. juices going. Yeah, and for sure. And you feel, and it's the same way I feel about this podcast is, um, 
it's just fun and it's a way to take you away from your day-to-day stuff and and just give you a little bit more fulfillment in life oh yeah absolutely um the tacos you made oh my god a couple days ago oh those were so good they looked amazing the footage we actually we got some good footage but I'll, i'll tell you um i think heath had a plan when we got out there, you know, we showed up the other day, we were going to, you know, do this taco video and Heath was planning on it. And he's got his own channel called unhinged barbecue. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the plan was we we're going to do a collaboration. I was going to film, he was going to film. And, um, well, we showed up, we told him we'll be there at two o'clock. And, uh, he says, yeah, the chicken's not thought out yet. It's going to be two more hours until the chicken's thawed out. And so he starts handing people beers. And uh, and then the chicken's finally thawed out. And he says, well, now i got to marinate it. And it's <laughs> going to take, you know, optimum's about two hours. We can wait about an hour and a half. Okay, so we marinate it. And, uh, and it was just one thing after another, just dragging it out. Uh, probably more beers than we needed. And then somebody brought a, um, my brother-in-law picked up a, one of those buckets of fireball. Oh, yep. And, uh, (laughs) the footage is going to be a little shaky, (laughs) but I think we can use it. It might be pretty entertaining. That's good. And, uh, but it was a great time. It was, you know, a lot of fun to hang out with them and, uh, the tacos. Yeah, they were delicious. They looked killer. They looked amazing. Um, Kind of backtracking again. Sure. I, I tend to do this. Um, did your did your faith grow at all when you were um, deployed or even during your, your military career so far? Um, you said you went through the motions. And like this podcast, like I originally started it, and I've said this multiple times, like I was really into health and fitness. Um, and that's kind of where it was going to start. And then the more I thought about doing that, um, I realized that there's a lot of podcasts out there about health and fitness. Like what's another, what does a guy from Iowa need to need to tell anybody about health and fitness? And I'm like, well, who am I as a person? And growing up, I always, I grew up in church. Um, I probably went through the motions a lot too growing up and then, you know, life events happened and, and it, it grew my faith, um, in Jesus and, and, and my Christianity. And I'm like, you know what, I could do a podcast that, that helps people. Um, and so that's what this is. And then yeah, having guys on like you ladies on like Taylor Abney that I had on last week. Um, do you feel like going through the life events that you've gone through, um, that your faith has grown? at all. Yeah, I, I think definitely. And I think my relationship with, with Jesus has changed a lot. Uh, some for the better, some for the worse. Uh, you know, early on, I'd say it, it, some pretty interesting stuff was just seeing, uh, you know, sharing Catholicism or the Catholicism that I knew mm-hmm. and the traditions that I knew with my friends, the Polish. I mean, everybody there was Catholic. And sure. so being able to 
go through all their, um, you know, their rituals right around Christmas time. Uh, it, it was cool for me. Uh, and then I think later on, I mean, definitely, I know my, um, much later, like, uh, my second tour, I, I spent a lot of time, I'd spent a lot of time praying and it was mainly I'd get back from flying or, or my guys would get back from flying guys or girls would get back. And, um, and I, I pray a lot. I, I might start off. I, I actually, I had a, um, come to think of it, um, good, really good friend of the family had, had brain cancer at the mm. time. And I, or I found out partway through the deployment about that. And I had a, uh, I had a rosary, uh, with me and I started carrying it. I put it in my left pocket. Uh, and anytime I usually, we're not supposed to walk around with our hands in our pockets, but anytime I put my hand in my pocket and I felt it, it'd remind me and I'd, I'd say a prayer for him. Mm. And, uh, it's a good, uh, so yeah, if if you ever see my hands in my pockets, that's why. <laughs> Not a bad thing. But uh yeah, I there's a tremendous stress on leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh one, I mean, we're um we we really we don't have anybody else there to share, you know, share our struggles with. Mm-hmm. And uh or you know, senior people go out and, and you know go do these danger, terribly dangerous things uh, day in and day out uh, and and you need somebody or you know you need to lean on mm-hmm. for me it was leaning on Jesus mm. and, and talking to him and uh, calming me down and and um, and you know praying for their safety. And that uh, it's it's tough when you when you really think and, and I try not to think about it a whole heck of a lot even though sure. I probably should have thought about it more but just you know when we when we go and we deploy and we're a leader it's uh, you know we're telling all those families that hey we're going to do everything we can to make sure that their mom or their dad comes back mm-hmm. and it's you know back with them or or their you know husband or or wife or or their kid, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's it's just it can uh, it can put a lot on you. Yep. Um, so so yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's definitely, and I've had friends too. My friend Cameron McDaniel that I talked about earlier, uh, he was Southern Baptist. and uh, I used to when I was in North Carolina, I used to. I remember every once in a while, if I had the weekend off and I was hanging out with him, I'd go to uh, I'd go to Sunday school with him, and they'd all give me a hard time. They're like, "Oh, the Catholics here!" You know, <laughs> I saw a storm cloud brewing out front or something like that, and uh, I, I didn't mind it. I mean, they were also the same people that would ask me to go to the liquor store yep. so they wouldn't get caught yep. going to the liquor store. Sure, but, but you know. Uh, yeah, it's definitely all, all. I mean, even you know, interacting with different uh, Christian faiths or mm-hmm. Christian denominations has just been uh, been good for me. 
Um, has that translated into your family then? Um, faith, um, how have you shown that with Pam and, and your kids? Uh, well, <laughs> that's another that's another thing. You know, I, I mean, I, I, I really I feel like uh, I let me back that up a little bit. Sure. You know, I I talked about my buddy Cam mm-hmm. and um, about four years ago. Actually, it was more than that. It was five and a half years ago, something like that. He got diagnosed with brain cancer mm-hmm. and uh, had fought it, fought it for like 18 months. And uh, he was around when my daughter Kyra was born. I mean, he didn't see her. We were up in Eagle River and I got to, uh, I got to go back like right around Thanksgiving time and see him and his wife put on this big uh, kind of, I mean, he was, he'd been fighting, I guess, for a year exactly and uh it wasn't looking really good mm-hmm. uh, i mean it was right it could go either way but it was it was yeah it wasn't looking great and um she needed a, a diversion i flew down from alaska grabbed a, another old army buddy and cameron and i went out and we went fly fishing for the day something he loved doing uh we had a guide that kind of helped us out and uh, caught a bunch of fish. He caught a bunch of fish. Saw the smile cool. on his face, and and uh, it was it was awesome. And it was so good to be out on the water with him and uh, see him happy. And, and uh, yeah, it was awesome. We uh, we started driving back, and his wife had a like a big circus tent almost set up in the backyard. And uh, hundreds of people there that had all been praying for him, cool. and uh, and you know helping him out along the way during his struggle. And uh, they were all there just to, you know, let him know that they loved him mm-hmm. and they cared about him. And they were lining the, um, you know, lining his driveway. And uh, he didn't. His his vision was a little little messed up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're driving up the street, and uh, they lived out in the country, and we, we pulled in the driveway, and he started picking them up and seeing what was going on, and just... That's cool. I mean, you know, I remember him, uh, you know, being confused about it and then breaking down crying, just knowing what, you know, what his wife had done and all these people here that, you know, cared about him. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, yeah, it. I don't. I don't think I've ever prayed for somebody more than I, I prayed for him. That's cool. And um, and I remember him talking to me about it some way through, and he's like, uh, he's like, "Hey, man, quit worrying about it. It's like uh, everything's gonna be okay." And uh, and he told me that. He had been, you know, obviously he'd been doing a lot of praying, and he said, "Jesus, he said, Jesus came to me, and uh, and he told me not to not to worry about anybody. Mm. That uh, everything's gonna be okay. That's cool. It's all in his hands, and uh, and yeah. So 
I don't know. I, I, I think it's hard for me looking mm-hmm. back at that. And, uh, and I guess I, I was just so hopeful and, and I didn't ever think that, uh, I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have that, that great, great guy in, in my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know everybody loses people and loses people that are close to them, but I, uh, I think I'm definitely a back in the, uh, floating down the, uh, Catholic or the, uh, the river of Catholicism yeah. as far as, you know, uh, during COVID, I kind of started getting back into it. I'd watch mass every Sunday at my, my high school would, would run mass. And, um, uh, I might sit down with, there with the kids, maybe with an Irish coffee mm-hmm. and go to mass. Yep. And, uh, and it was a good way to start connecting again, I guess, mm-hmm. reconnecting for me. And then, uh, then lately it just seems like, I mean, I can tell. I could tell that Jesus is calling me back mm-hmm. and saying, Hey man, you know, I'm here. It's not that tough to, uh, it's not that tough to, you know, I haven't forgotten about you mm-hmm. essentially. And, yep. uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, I've, I've gone through my struggles and I've said, I, there's a couple episodes where I talk about it and like, I'm, I'm not perfect. Like, I'm a, I'm a human being. Yeah. We're all human beings. We all screw up every single, every single day. Um, and I was just listening to a podcast at work before, before coming here. Um, Joe Rogan, he's not, he's not yeah. a Christian, yeah. but, um, he is very, he's very inspiring. And the guests that he has on are very inspiring too. And he had on Evan Hafer, uh, CEO of Black Rifle Coffee. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah, they were talking about, you know, we're all, we're all screwed up. Like we're all, we all screw up. Um, it's just a matter of how we get back up on our feet. Um, and for me, that's a reminder too of, um, that, yeah, seeking Jesus is, is something that really helps, especially when you're someone of faith. Um, it's really our, it's really easy to walk away from it. Um, I won't say walk away from it, just go through the motions. Yeah. And, yeah. um, but it's always comforting to know that he, he hasn't left us. Like he's still walking with us. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, wrapping it up. Sure. Um, you know what? I didn't do blood flow questions, oh. which is fine. I, I can't go. I can't even come up with some right <laughs> now. Um, but, what is running hey, through have you? you ever, have you before no, you do yeah, that? Go for it. Yep. Have you ever read that book? I'm sure you have. Uh, and I was thinking about it earlier because my buddy Cameron had given it to me a long time ago, and I, I read it from time to time, and it's uh, really, really darn good. Wild at heart. Yes, I actually just um, purchased the newest version of it. Um, oh, John Eldridge, yeah. the author of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, he, I think over time he's had different versions of it um uh-huh. and i listened to a podcast um i actually had kyle thompson on of 
he has the Undaunted, Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. Okay. Um, he had John Eldridge on his, and during COVID, they released the a new version of it. There's some expanded stuff on it. Okay, but cool. Yeah. I'll have, um, to, uh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. So yeah, I just I just got it. I've read it before, but I got the newest version because I yeah. just was curious on what what's different on it. So that's yeah. on that's on my list next to read. All right. Cool. Um, I'm currently reading the book over there. Um, oh, Be- cool. Becoming a King. All right. Um, that's an excellent book so far. What's it? Um, he Morgan Schneider, I think that's his name. Let me check. Uh, Morgan Snyder. So he actually is, um, he's part of John Eldridge's team of with Wild at Heart, the, the foundation. And, um, he wrote his own book and it's, I'm about a quarter of the way through it. Started reading it during vacation. And this is the first book that I've actually marked up. Like I've circled stuff, underlined stuff. Um, so it's really good. It's about, um, like the first couple chapters is about, um, losing your false self, um, and finding your true, your true self. So like your false self could be being selfish and, and narcissistic and whatever we tell ourselves that we, that we are, that's not true. Like they were a failure, um, that we can't do certain things and, and it's about shedding that and okay. becoming the king of ourselves and of our family. So highly recommend anybody that's looking for a new book. That oh, one it sounds good, great. Pam's going to be disappointed when I jump on Amazon and <laughs> pick it up. So and, uh, looks great to wrap it up. Britt, what is running through your veins right now? What's something that you're looking forward to? Um, What's something that you're passionate about right now? What's running through your veins? What is running through my veins? I, um, well, I could say all sorts of stuff, but uh, I like I like really gritty, gritty stuff. And I, the other day, you know, we've had a, we've had a great time here in Alton, but it seems like every time I come here, I eat way too much you yep. know a bunch of fried stuff a bunch of yep. i mean great stuff my uh my mother-in-law is a great cook yep she and, is uh and yeah i just eat way too much and then beer liquor whatever mm-hmm. and then the other day i um i went out on the puddle jumper is puddle jumper yep. trail yep yeah i just decided I'm like, man, I'm going to run it. And I think it was when they were doing the uh, the golf tournament here. Okay. And so I told Pam, hey, I'm going to be gone for a while. I'm going to go run. And uh, I think I, I ended up, I ran ran about seven and a half miles. Awesome. And uh, not super fast, not really anything crazy, just slugging it out. Mm-hmm. Just because I love that. Just getting out there and grinding putting in the miles, yep. putting in the time, clearing your head, you know, so you have that. You can, one, I was thinking of all your questions. I read all your questions that you gave me yep. uh, just to kind of 
prep myself a little mm-hmm. bit and and what I thought was really important and then and then I it's just a good time for me I mean whether it's out there whether it's out in Colorado running on the trails that we've got out there mm-hmm. or or biking or whatever just to clear your head figure out what's important figure out how you're going to get after what's important and uh and move out that's I awesome. mean I I um we were, I forget who I was talking to, maybe it was Jeannie, the other day, just about the whole, uh, you know, the loss that, that we've had or, or, or just different things that mm-hmm. I've experienced in, uh, in the military and, and how I, you know, just kind of focus on the positive, you know, all the good people that I've met, all the cool things that I've done, and, and, and it's like, you know, when you get out of bed, you can either, you got that choice. You can be sad mm-hmm. and, and, and mope, or, or you can put on that happy face and, and focus on that positive. So I'm definitely, I try to, I try to do that and I try to do it more often. It's cool. So, but then be gritty. Yeah. Do gritty yep. stuff. Yeah. Challenge yourself. Yeah. That's, that's something that. <laughs> It's funny. Um, I used to be that guy. You know, I still am that guy. I haven't. Don't shed I have, that. I won't <laughs> shed it. Um, but it's 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 crazy how we can be people that look for the easy things to do, like yeah. just to become. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the best way to put it is. We just look for the easy the easy things, you know, we don't like to look for the challenge unless you're, unless you're really searching it out. But when it comes down to it, like at the end of the day, if you had the choice, are you going to choose to sit on the couch and have a beer or are you going to go and run seven miles or do an hour workout? Yeah. And, you know, I think most people would choose the, the beer and the couch. Sure. Um, and that's something I'm trying to get away from. Um, I'm a real movie buff, so yeah. I really enjoy sitting down and watching a movie or uh, escaping into different YouTube videos, um, how-tos, stuff like that. But, yeah, really, like you said, searching for the grit um, yeah. and doing some gritty stuff. Um, I really do appreciate you coming and taking the hour out of your your vacation to – sit down and talk with me um well i i appreciate you inviting me it's definitely this first time i've done something like this had a lot of fun uh it's great to great to chat with you i'd love to chat with you some more yeah i would love that too um you have been there are several people um that have been encouraged me with this journey um and when i was down and out there for for that year um your message through Messenger really, really struck a chord with me and was really the one that said, all right, enough's enough. Like, I need to do this because that's what I feel like I'm called to do. Um, so I really appreciate you you having those nice words and, and getting me off my ass to, to do it again. Well, I'm proud of you. I'm Thanks. glad you're doing it. I appreciate it's, it's it. It's definitely, it's important. And, uh, and I think it's, it's just, it's, 
cool for you to be able to communicate with so many other people and, uh, and spread that message. And uh, it, it matters. Oh, thanks. So I appreciate that. Up. Thanks. Sure. Awesome. Thanks, Britt.